Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Coffees for Closers. Myself and Pat today, and we're going to be going over the difference between sales training and sales coaching. Uh, the pros and cons of both, and I guess how you can utilize both in order to get better at sales. So if you like this stuff, make sure you like, subscribe, notification bell, and then we'll see you after the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Marco, Chief of Excellence, has said that there is some confusion on the difference between sales training and sales coaching. Yeah. I looked blankly at him and nodded and said, yes, boss, because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You evidently do know that there's yeah. a difference. So I think what, so what we're trying to say is like there's, I guess like there's elements of when you should train. So like if we relate it back to sport, like if you're training, you're not necessarily being coached. Like you just kind of, you're going through motions, you're going through repetition, muscle memory. You know what I mean? There's coaches there to make sure that you're on the right track. But mm -hmm. like if you're going through like a weightlifting cycle, like there are times when you just have to do reps. Okay. And then if you go through, but if you go through a technique phase, where you're getting coached, like that session will be very different. It will not be tiring. It's there to be technique based. It's there to improve the 1% so that you can drive the ball forward. And so it's like the, the coaching is there to improve small incremental things. And the training is there to provide you the volume so that you can use those small incremental changes in order to make significant process. Mm. And so we have a couple of different products and services amongst the seventh level sniper family, right? Cause it is sort of essentially operates as one large business instead of the two segmented businesses, but just because of geography, they're run independently financially, but they're fairly um, intertwined. intertwined yeah. You know what I mean? So we have sales training. So things like our boot camp, which is like a sales sniper thing, we come in and we're doing sales training. So we're getting repetition. We're teaching activity-based things. Like, hey, this is how you go out there and you just make things happen. Um, and then we have sales coaching, which is more like all the NEPQ 2.0, 3.0, and like inner circle. Mm. So that's kind of where you're looking for like that real nitty gritty feedback, but you're not just getting, Hey, here's what you go and do. Now let's just practice going and doing that. Mm -hmm. So like if you come in inner circle, right, Pat, uh, if you decide to buy inner circle, which mm -hmm. I think you definitely should. Okay. I'm, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. You take credit cards, right? Yeah, I do. Perfect. I take Venmo, credit cards, PayPal, cash app. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you come in and like, We'll present you with all the trainings that you have to do, which is like, okay, these are the modules which I need you to go through so that you're at a good enough baseline level to where I can provide you with feedback that's going to be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, because it's very difficult for me to provide feedback to someone if we're not talking the same language. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes in and they're brand new to sales, um, like we don't specialize in that in seventh level. Like we specialize in making existing salespeople much better at sales. Okay, We don't specialize in teaching people who have never sold a thing the basics of how to sell. Like okay. That's not really what we're designed for um, because we're a true sales coaching company. Okay. So what we do is we take everything they say, how they say it, when they say it, and we give them very precise feedback on how to do all those things better. Okay. But with sales training, like what we provide at Sniper, which is more of a boot camp style, it's just more like, okay, guys, this is these are the things that have to be done. Let's go out there and do them. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a bit more of a cheerleader style camp. You know what I mean? Like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done 
a ton of, we, we've been through like all the courses and stuff that you've done. Probably yeah. haven't even scratched the surface of all of them really because you were a serial course doer for a while there, right? Like, it was. Um, ha- like, As you can tell, I do lots of fitness courses. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between training and coaching within those courses, especially within the sales space, which do you think as a training course did you find value in before there were ones here? Uh, I really like straight line persuasion. What is that? Like, I, I know Jordan that. Belfort's. Yeah. So, what, like, why is it called that? What's the Because it's, by it's essentially giving you a, the reason why it's good is because it gives you a concept of a sale is a straight line. Mm-hmm. So, you've got the phases that you take someone through, but you're looking for the most efficient method possible to get them from here to here. Okay. And so, like, for me as a concept, that works really well. I was like, all right, cool. Listen, I don't remember all the stages that you yeah, take yeah, someone course, through, yeah. right? It's been a while since I've gone through it. But I was like, okay, conceptually, without having to be coached on this, I can put this together. Mm-hmm. It's simple enough to where it's like, oh, okay, like I don't need coaching on this, mm-hmm. um, which which is why it's somewhat effective. The downside to that is if it's so simple you don't need coaching, there's not much nuance in it. So it's really only going to work in very specific situations, and then you'd need the coaching to help you kind of nuance that mm-hmm. around different styles or even different types of prospect. Um, but Jordan Belfort's like a savage. There's a phenomenal video which we can link up there uh which is him using straight line persuasion on a prospect he doesn't even know he's being filmed right okay um and it's he's a savage Mm -hmm. like there's a reason why he made so much money you know it's because he's really good at sales (laughs) (laughs) okay like the dude's straight up great at sales yeah but like his methodology i think is like a good oh i've never really sold before or I've never, or I've just sold in this kind of random ad hoc manner. Mm-hmm. This is a good procedure for me to go through, and it's nine nine seven. Right, you can buy it for five hundred or a thousand bucks. You get access to all of his videos, a ton of video content. It's kind of higgledy piggledy in the way that it's put together. Mm-hmm. Kind of seems like you know someone who's enjoyed a very fruitful life has put that together, <laughs> right? That's how I'll say it. But there is a ton of information and a ton of good stuff in there. So that was probably the best in terms of that. In terms of like coaching, when I learned NEPQ from Jeremy, that was the best. Mm-hmm. But NEPQ is not a good program if you don't get coaching. Mm. So with all of our things, we offer an element of coaching. Okay. Right? Whether it's like in Inner Circle, we offer group and one-on-one. In 3.0, we offer group and one-on-one. And in 2.0, we offer group. So <clears throat> that's interesting. That imagine if someone signed up for seventh level, right? They're doing NEPQ um, and they... Yeah, for whatever reason, don't make the, the the live calls, and they don't get feedback, right? So th- there's w- like what's involved within that. There is an opportunity. There's the group calls, right? Yeah. There's the coaching can, session. Yeah, they can watch them afterwards, right? And then we have accountability coaches that are there to kind of like help guide them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To make sure they're going through it. But there's like a point to each one. Mm. So everyone wants a script, right? And this is where like the sales coach in me. Like the sales coach in me dictated how those programs have to be laid out okay. because like I know NEPQ is, a f- is, is the best way to sell, but it's also the hardest to adapt. Okay. Right? Yeah. So uh, it, do you mean hard for, to adapt like if you have something else or ev- even if you're coming from a, like a blank slate, it's hard? I think it's probably to do with your personality, mm-hmm. right? Like NEPQ really resonated with me and I was like, oh yeah, sweet. I, I understood why it was put together the way it was put together very quickly. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, this all makes sense to me. 
But that moment of, ah, this all makes sense can take people 12 months. Yeah. Or it can take people two days, you know? So, but you need to have that moment of like, oh, this is, oh, wow. And you go, shit, this is clever. And it's not until you can understand why it's so clever that you'll be able to use it really well. Mm. And so like when people sign up, I have an adaptation video of how to adapt this. I'm like, guys, you don't walk into a gym and do squats in a certain way. See another way on YouTube, load up your max and then go for it. Like there's a way in like, if you're doing a new style of anything, you need to learn it and then adapt it. Yeah. Whereas people just go, this is the greatest. Jeremy makes a ton of money. I'm going to do everything like he does. And they shit the bed because like, they're just trying to change everything about themselves too quickly. Mm -hmm. So I, we, I, I had a, I saw that problem. And I tried to fix it through like a series of implementation videos and talking about it a lot and making sure it's like it's a key talking point when people are onboarded, when people are being coached in the portals, everything. Like don't just throw away what you're doing. Adapt this slowly so you don't have a drop in income. Yeah. Because a new way of doing it, like of course, even if it is superior, you won't be as good at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so when I laid out seventh, I was like, okay, this is how I want this to work. It's like the end result is you get a script. Because, like, if I just gave you a script, it's just words on a page. It doesn't make a lot of sense if you don't understand why things are being stacked on or how they're being stacked on. Mm -hmm. And so, but in saying that as well, I have to teach you the point of the phases. So the first thing we do is, is sort of go through a background of selling, like an actual, like a history lesson in selling. These are the different sales techniques that have been done over the years, right? Right, All through the model one, era one, era two, and we're in era three, right? According to us. <laughs> like, this is not official documentation. This is just our interpretation of history. Can we, can we expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so era one is like just bamboozling idiots. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like when the guy sold the Eiffel Tower five times. Right, right. Because people were just morons back in the day. Okay, and and more than that people were morons, they didn't have access to information, right? Like that would yeah. be the collapse of that is like people... Like, hang on a second. <laughs> like I, I think it can be really hard for people to even imagine that uh, you know, in this world where we've got our phones and, and photos and everything. I was talking to um, Bouge for the, the podcast that just came out. You would have seen it. It has a like cool intro of us um, doing Cool Guy Army stuff at the start because we're talking about sniping and there's a thing with oh, a couple yeah. of photos. Um, and I was looking for an appropriate photo for it of me to put in. And, uh, James, we both kind of remark like, oh, there's not many photos. And it's like, but that was, it's not that long ago, but that's a time when photos yeah. were like, you had to have a camera. And I have a was, whole operation where I think there's like two photos on me. Yeah. And for, for starters, culturally, it was not like, you, you don't take photos of that shit. It's just not something we're that the cool class has not, yeah. not worked out well for most Yeah, people. exactly. Right. I mean, that. <laughs> There's a lot of evidence yeah. that recording like your all day every day is a bad move. But like phone cameras, it's really, it's a 10 year old thing or 15 yeah, yeah. years max. And then bef even the first five years of that, the, the quality was junk. So the idea that it, you know, there should be there should be a photo of that photo. Or it didn't happen. It's like what well, happened in a time before there were photos of everything. Before exactly. everyone was walking around with their photos. So then you know, go back a hundred years before there's even an interconnected nature of anything. You're not yeah. even be able to drive no to database. the town. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to bamboozle people who are very intelligent because they just don't know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like that was kind of the old era. So and that was just very, you know, it's just sleazy, slimy stuff. Um, like Ada. Uh, attention, interest, desire, action. That's like the first model of selling. That is the first recorded model of selling. Okay. Attention, interest, desire, action. Attention, 
Interest, yep. desire, action. So you okay. get their attention, and you figure out their interests, you figure out their desires, and you get them to take an action. Okay. That is the oldest sales model there is. Okay. Um, and, like, it, it's it's valid. Yeah, it's you know? solid, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Then from there, it moved on to, like, BANT and a few other things, which I can't remember the acronyms for, to be honest. But um, in era two, you have more boiler room selling. Okay. Okay? So if you've ever seen the movie The Boiler Room, or you've seen Glenn Glary again Ross... Right, or you've seen Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. It's that type of selling. So in like the sort of uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, we moved into a very aggressive form of sales, mm-hmm. which is like shaped the world uh, of as to how salespeople are perceived. Okay. So during that era, it was very much feature benefit, right? Um, and it was quite pushy. So it was sort of like, you know, like that's where like, you know, like the silence Everyone knows, like, when a sales guy's being silent, they're like, whoever talks first loses okay. type thing, right? Yep. Which is a total load of shit. Um, <laughs> right? I can talk about the how silence should be used and the benefits of it and why it's important in a non-sleazy way. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's kind of era two, right? And then era three is the post-trust era. So it's like now as salespeople, we have to deal with the fact that a bunch of jocks in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, just bamboozled a bunch of people with it lies and shitty sales techniques that were hyper-aggressive and just designed to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, if you say you're a salesperson, people hate you immediately mm. because that's what they're picturing. That's what's been ingrained in today's society. Yep. So in order, to, in order to combat that, there's been different sales styles that have been done. One is like, say, consultative selling. Right, consultative selling is a very, you know, it's, it's, it, I guess it's probably the most similar to PQ, but like that is designed to be like a doctor frame. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm the doctor, I ask you questions, and then I present you with solutions. Okay. And because I have, I'm a trusted authority, like, which again is very hard to translate for a salesperson because they're not, they're just a salesperson. Um, that's like, that's one way. That, that's more of the Dan Locks type of selling is very consultative. Okay. Again, not a bad way of selling, um, but requires, in a lot of cases, a certain level of charisma that is not um, going to lean itself towards salespeople. It leans itself more towards entrepreneurs. Okay. So like a so guy's, B2B thing is probably much better. With no, that. it's a guy selling his own stuff. I think that that's really where that comes into play. Okay. Like if I'm selling my own stuff, I, have, I, I can sell completely differently, which like one of the problems that I've always had or like I've talked about it enough now to where it's not usually a problem, but when we hand over in a new account where we're doing the sales and we're handing over from the owner, they'll give us a bunch of sales calls and be like, Hey, work off these. And I go, I can't even have my guys watch these because if they do, they'll, they'll start contaminate. They'll them. start trying to be you and we can't have these guys be you. Otherwise they'll, they'll just steal your business. Right. You know, like you can't do that. Like they need to sell like salespeople, not like business owners. It's okay. very different and they won't have the back end knowledge to back up the, the uh, bravado Yeah, because they're not a marketing expert or they're not a, this, an Amazon expert. Right? Yeah. Like you don't want them going down that road. I think that's the tricky part. Like, you know, not being in the sales part, but I spoke to Luke this morning about, um, you know, the, the whole process of, of selling for someone else. And when you aren't the expert and, and I've always wondered like when someone gets really, but how, like you have to deflect that because at some point you have to be like, yeah, without saying to them, like, I don't know. <laughs> I just sell the product. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, to be honest, that's not a bad way of doing it. Really? I think honesty, man, is always the best policy. Okay. Uh, like I've tried to, I think, well, I always say this a lot to salespeople and sales trainings. Best thing about being a sales guy is if you're good at it, you never have to lie. Yeah. Okay. Like you can, you can be the truth sayer. And being, being the guy who can always tell the truth is, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. 
Like, is that gives you free. hundred <laughs> percent. You know what I mean? Um, and so, like, I'll go, oh, hey, man, like, I'm not the guy you want answering that question. I'm the guy who is trying to figure out if you should speak to the guy who can answer that question. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, but you don't want the answer from me. You want the answer from that guy, yeah? They're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, sweet, then ask that guy. Okay. The way you do that is by getting through me. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think just kind of like laying it out there. But then era three is the post-trust model, which is like the NEPQ era. Right. So it's like now you're dealing with like every single time you cannot be perceived as a salesperson. Okay. You just cannot. Because the moment that you're perceived as a sales guy, the context of the entire conversation is done. Because true buyers hold their cards close to their chest. They don't want to give you the leverage. Okay. So like the people who go into a house who are just in the process of starting to look around, run around and go, oh, my God. Little Johnny would be here. Little Sally would be here. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. It's incredible. They put their name down. Yes, it's in the budget. This is fantastic. And they call him and go, oh, no, I should. Right? The person who's just looking around quietly and, like, inspecting the moldings and looking for cracks and doesn't say much isn't going to give you anything is the person who will buy that house. Mm. Because that person doesn't want to be left. Like, you wouldn't go into a car yard and go, oh, my God, you have it. <laughs> I've been looking for this car for two years. Yeah, yeah. You motherfuckers have done it. <laughs> How much money do you want for this car? Is there room for negotiation? Can I write a blank check yeah. and you just fill it in yeah. for no, me? No, there's not. Okay, I'll take it, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, so, and don't get me wrong, there are those people in the comments, I fucking hate him all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'm that. Yeah, yeah. I, I got, I, oh, I yeah, got, I'm that too. I got no game. <laughs> yeah. I got no game. I get so excited. That's why I can't play any kind of cards with him. I wear my I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yep, I go hey like guys, oh my god. Definitely definitely have bad cards. Oh god, we should definitely all go all in. All in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at it. Yeah. And I do the same. I like get all yeah. excited if I'm gonna buy something. I'll be yeah. like, oh this is look at this. I'm totally that guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's but that like most sales guys are, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Right? And you're the closest thing to a sales guy who doesn't do sales anymore. <laughs> Right? You know, I used yeah. NAPQ on my wife the other day. Worked really? a fucking treat. Really? So um, this is a random aside. You can cut it out if you want, Boosh. But we're looking and at that nothing. new house. Oh, right? yeah. And obviously we've moved a lot. Mm -hmm. That's something we can probably say. Um, we've moved a lot of times. And obviously moving kids is not great. No. Right? Just for them as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this place, we have an option to rent it and then buy it and then the stability. I can actually finally create some stability. I just got to put my big old fucking balls in the line for it. Right? Because it ain't a small, it ain't a cheap house. But anyway, and so, you know, we're in a rental at the moment. It's a nice house, but it's got some problems that we don't particularly like about it. And so she's like, oh, but should we just wait, you know, do this? And so I was like, yeah. I was like, that makes sense. But like, what is it that we're really looking for in a house? And so she kind of pulls it out. I'm like, okay, well, like, why? Like, okay, I can see how that'd be good. Right? And did, then Did she see? No. She doesn't see the change because she doesn't see it ever. No, she's never seen me do she's it. She's never seen it before. And so I went, okay, well. I guess, like, what happens if at the end of this lease, they sort of, they do some of the things that we're worried about, the construction next door continues, and then, you know, at the end of the day, we have to go into another rental anyway because we haven't put ourselves in a position to where we're ready to buy. Cost of inaction. She goes, oh, my God, that'd be fucking terrible. I was like, so what, what do you think we should do? She goes, I think we need to take this house. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think that's a good idea. I think that's, I think that's, that's a smart choice. Well done. You know, like that. It took about five minutes. Mm -hmm. But it was just going through that. And then she goes to me two days later. She goes, you didn't sell me into that house, did you? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I just asked you a series of questions yeah. with a particular timing and tonality. Yeah. 
and you wanted to buy the yeah, house. And then a day later, I told her, oh, I sold you hard. <laughs> I was like, remember when I said this? She goes, yeah, I go, that's got a consequence question. Yeah. She's like, you son of a bitch. I go, do you still want to do it? She's like, oh, it's the right move. It's the right move. It's the right move. Um, so yeah, but anyway, aside. So with the new model of sharing, so like if you're perceived as a salesperson, it's really terrible. And a lot of the times when we're in sales coaching sessions, that's the first thing we fix. Okay. So people come in, they're like, hey, how are you? It's Matt from XYZ. And I just really am looking forward to talking to you today. And I just want to know how, hey, did you see the local sports ball game? Mm-hmm. Did one team run faster than the other into the other team's area? Oh, I love when they run faster <laughs> into the team's area. Right? It's the best when they put their ball into the other team's net. I know. <laughs> it's sports ball, am I right? Sports. <laughs> I love sport. Um, so, yeah, like they, they do that and then immediately you go, yeah, you know? So, like, for me, like, when I, I have a very different, uh, a lot of people in the in the coaching consulting industry, they teach setting a frame of authority at the beginning. Hey, Pat, so looking forward to having this conversation today. The point of this conversation is going to be about figuring out if this program is really a good fit for you. At the end of that, I'll ask you if you want to be a part of it or not. There's mm-hmm. no obligation to say yes or no, but it will be a yes or a no. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Except what if it's maybe. Exactly. Right. Um, that's so, very military, isn't it? Like, that, I, I wonder the roots of that because you know like when you teach a military lesson yeah it's the what why standard yeah yeah right like that's what that's how that's the way that every military lesson opens up what why and the standard you'll be at at the end yeah and like i feel like that because i've heard you frame that multiple times i feel like every time i feel like i'm in a, a a back in my uniform and i'm getting told during this lesson you will be taught the reason you need to know this is by the end of this lesson you will like it, exactly, and it is. It's it, quite in, dictatorial. It's quite. It's, it's it's to set the tone that I am the boss here. Yeah, which in the army they're one hundred percent doing. Yeah, right. Like that is exactly what's happening. Yeah, and I wonder what influenced that like military blueprint lesson because yeah. that's the same in every military all around the world. Right. Yeah, it's not it's any a, different. It's a very effective. Yeah. The, so the military has teaching things down pat. Oh yeah. Remember when I did my Olympic lifting courses. I went, okay, guys, so in this lesson, what we're going to learn is the reason we're learning this, and at the end of this, you will be at this standard. And I go, and I will do everything in a like-this-do-that methodology, so I will show you, explain it, and then you will do it with me. Yeah. You understand? And they, they, I literally, I did my, like, courses all that way, uh, and then I did my testing at the end, and they came to me, and they go, I've never seen that. This is the Olympic Lifting Committee in Australia. Yeah. They go, we've never seen that taught that well. Do you, like, where did you learn that? I go, oh, that's just how the Army teaches morons to do stuff. Yeah. I was like, because if you're going to teach a person with an IQ of 80 to use a machine gun, you better be simple. Well, you know what? Like, it's actually even more in-depth than that because I've done a lot of research into this myself because um, that's really what I love to do is I'm, I'm a teacher, right? And yeah. I teach through storytelling, but there has to be frames in the way that you teach. And the way the military does it, and it's not just us, it's every military all yeah, around yeah. the world, is to make it so clear but so linear with no resistance and so that it becomes uh, like the neural pathway is established so much more effectively than yeah. in, by giving people choice. And when you have choice like you do in the real world, then like you, the neural pathways start branching all over the place and get all these different options. But because the army is able to just go, no, this is the way you are doing it – it becomes so linear that you become performance under stress is increased through the roof. And yeah, we do yeah. the same with dogs, right? Like it's the whole point is to create a neural pathway where it's the no, only decision. It's your lizard brain. Yeah. Well, it's not that like, it's not that like I chose to do this. It's I found myself doing this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's the idea of training people for combat and whatever. But I think it's that authoritative stance. I, I'm very curious how much that like the military is responsible for that creeping into sales or okay. vice versa. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that's a good point. People have been selling shit for a long time. That's true. You know? Yeah, so that's all designed to set. It's designed, in my opinion, my controversial opinion, to make salespeople feel like they're in control of a situation which they're not in. Mm. Now, but you as a prospect, you then know you're going to be asked to make a binary choice at the end. Mm-hmm. Therefore, all of the information that you provide me is in context that there will yeah. be a binary. Yeah. Whereas I start a sales call, hey man, how can I help? Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, Jeremy starts it a different way. He usually goes, hey, listen, the point of this call is just to find out more about you to see if what we do could help. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? And they go, perfect. So again, like there is a little bit of a frame there just to kind of set up the context of the conversation. For me, because they've gone through a marketing funnel, yeah, then I kind of I kind of know what they're there for. So I like and I and I I'm a, I'm a sales guy who likes to sell in very condensed time frames. Like if I book in a sales call even if it's for 80 or 90 grand, it'll be 30 minutes. That's it. Right. And I set that time 30 minutes because if I have an hour, I'll just fluffle around. Okay. Right? But if I had 30 minutes, it's like time to get down to business. Mm-hmm. And if you get down to business, then it's like now I can I have a process that has to be super tight and I'm like I'm on a timeline and, and I perform better that way, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, like in that, in that era of selling, like the, when I talk to people, like I don't, I don't like some people that get real stiff and rigid, you know what I mean? When they're on calls, like I'm hyper conversational in sales calls. Like I'm quite neutral, but very conversational. Mm -hmm. And so that means the person doesn't ever feel like I'm on a script. They don't ever feel like I'm selling them anything. I'm just asking questions and then being engaged in times where I should be engaged and using my tonality, not necessarily what I say, but how I say to, to invoke emotion mm-hmm. out of them, the emotions that I want them to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how you get a good result. And that's what like that post-era trust requires in order to be a high-performing sales rep because you are under scrutiny. And the moment you break that veil, the moment they think you're there to sell them something, every single answer changes. Mm-hmm. And so like in sales coaching, in those coaching sessions, like the first thing we try and do is is break that habit. Like, no, 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 let's... Let's make this more conversational. Let's use your tonality. And so, like, I don't give them a script first. We give them, like, this is, this is what sales used to be. This is what sales needs to become. So break these bad habits. Because all the time, I don't know if it's the same with dogs or whatever, but removing a negative has a better result in the early stages than adding a positive, right? So, like, if I remove a bad behavior... That has a that will have a better outcome than adding in more positives. Mm, yeah, yeah, right? in a way. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. if someone's got terrible, uh, like they solution drop a lot. They in the sales call like, oh, that's perfect. We help exactly with that. Immediately, that person's like, hmm, you're selling me something, mm. right? So if you just remove that, that person has a much better chance of buying, mm-hmm. right? Rather than me like adding in countermeasures. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I work on that, and then from there, I get them under a structure of NEPQ. Now, I wouldn't get them to change their script. What I would get them to do is, like, rearrange or alter their script to be in a particular order, Mm -hmm. which is connection, situation, problem, solution, consequence, commitment, presentation. And it's in that order for a very specific reason. And it all builds on top of each other, and you can't fuck up, move the orders around. People try to, it pisses me off. Right? Yeah, right. Just don't do that. Okay. That has been moved around many times by Jeremy. The one that we're on now, that's the best one. Yeah, yeah. Right? So uh, we do that. Then from there, it's like, okay, now you're using a structure. And if you were just winging it before, like 90% of salespeople are just winging it, just putting them on a structure is better. And then we train the structure. So practice it. Go through your portal and then go through in your Q&A sessions and you ask questions more specific to you so you get the coaching, but then you train, 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 train. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You get much better context understanding. Then from there, we take them to NEPQ 3.0. The upgrade from there is more advanced stuff in the portal that they can train on, and then much more coaching. Right. So they get a daily role play. They get a tonality session. There's two sessions per, on, on each phase, so phase one, two, and three, and four, and then phase five, six, and seven. So there's those two sessions per week, so they have a better understanding. We basically, it's like Bible study. That's how I kind of describe it. We take the NEPQ black book, and we go through those phases, and we understand the questions and how to input them into your script. Mm-hmm. We don't write your script for you. We mm-hmm. teach you how to sort of build your own from the resources that you have, and then we coach on that. Okay. Then from there, we have objection handling training, tonality training, and role plays. Right. Right? So because the role plays are there for, like, guided training, right? So you're not doing crazy shit and having your arm dislocate when you're lifting, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got the lowest hanging fruit is, like, once you're on a structure, get your tonality correct. And that's a big one because how I ask a question is going to have a big result in how it's received. And then objection handling training. The reason why that's important is because those are the two easiest things to get good at. Um, like if I can get you 25% better at handling objections or just get you really good at handling money, you'll make 25% more sales. Okay. That's it. Right. So we coach the shit out of that to make sure we can get quick wins. Once you've got all that, then I'll give you a script in inner circle. Jeremy will write it out with you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right? So you've got all the foundations to where now a script is actually a massive benefit to you. Whereas if I give you the script over here, all you're going to do is get it, do it badly and then you're going to go, oh, that doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. You know? So, like, we have to kind of, like, toe the line between, like, what training do we give you and what coaching do we give you? Yeah. I think that that, in all training, that incremental understanding of things and, like, I always refer to it as, like, foundation skills, right? Like, yeah. when when things get rickety, you're always going to – the house of cards will collapse, yeah. but the foundation will be left, and that foundation has to be super strong – and ready for the next thing. And so we see it in training, no matter what it is, whether it's sales training, dog training when I do it, or you know, anything at all, everybody wants to rush to get to the end. Yeah. And it's like, but you're going to fuck up. And if one of those fuck up points is at the bottom, the whole oh, thing man. falls the down and you may as well not know the rest. Yeah. I'm teaching a bunch of people to decoy at the moment, right? Which is getting bitten by the dog. And yeah. like uh, last week I showed her this like particular, like quite very advanced technique and someone's like, how come you're only showing her that now? Because the dog needed it for six weeks. And then she even goes, if, I, if you'd said that six weeks ago, I wouldn't even have anywhere to put that. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that I'm even being bitten at that point, let alone the angle of the dog's neck relative yeah. to its body. Right? Like, yeah. and you just couldn't, there would be nowhere to put it. It would just be noise but that you would smile and nod at. That's a good coach, right? Because I get asked questions all the time and I consider myself a good sales coach. Like I'm, I think I'm one of the more nuanced people on the planet when it comes to the explanation of sales. Like mm-hmm. I think I can do that really well. And so like when someone asks me a question, like I have to sort of, you have to in real time figure out how how they need to get that information. Yeah, man. Because, like, if I'm talking to Anthony about... Me and Anthony can talk in fucking gibberish. Yeah. Like, when me, Anthony, and Margo, every single Friday, we spend three hours reviewing calls. And we are fucking ruthless. Like, I would never want that to be out because we are three people who are very good at sales. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. And, like, we've all done the thing. Like, we're very good at it. And uh, when we listen, the smallest things piss us off 
like you wouldn't believe. And mm-hmm. because it's the three of us in an environment together, we're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's like, no, he should have inflected that part of the word. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but it's all just, it's all just a bit of fun, right? And then we provide them with very, very detailed feedback. Hey, I need you to do this, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like in the time, it's like, oh, it's so frustrating when you, when you know exactly what has to happen but it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And when three people independently have the exact same opinion as to what needs to happen, who all sell differently. And you're like, this is probably accurate advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, But we spent a lot of time and the way we talk about it is it would be gibberish to most people Mm -hmm. um, because like we're talking in highly specific jargon, but when we coach people, it's like, you have to sort of the hard part is like, especially when I coach in a group environment, like I have to explain things in ways where everybody can understand it. Yeah. And it's like there, I could be on one of their trainings for one of their businesses. I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. You yeah. Know what I mean, so like, it's not that we're that much smarter than them. we're just really good at this one thing, which is why we coach it, mm-hmm. you know? So that is a really difficult thing when it comes to group coaching in particular, where it's like, you have to, that's a particular skill set. Group yeah. coaching is a real skill set. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't let many people do it. Yeah. Um, because like you can be a great sales guy. doesn't mean you're a good coach. Mm. Like Marco used to be a bad coach. Great sales guy, bad coach. But over the little last little bit, I've been coaching him on how to coach people mm-hmm. for about the last year and a half. Because like sometimes he'll say stuff, and I'm like, "Bro, you are like going, you're explaining fucking too much a- like aeronautics to a three year old. Yeah, like yeah, you need to just chill it out and go concept. Once you get buying on the concept, then you can go specific use case. Once you get the specific use case, you can give them really detailed feedback. Like you have to, they have to kind of understand." your thought process. Mm -hmm. And then from there, and that is the key thing, actually, like if you want to get someone good at sales, you don't teach them what to say. And I get that a lot. Hey, do you have any like word tracks that you can use for this, this and this? And I go, no, don't worry about the specific things to say. Worry about the idea that you're trying to espouse. Yeah. The sentiment of the whole thing. Yeah. Like that, that's it. And that's really what we try and do in a coaching environment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't do that in a training environment. Training environment is like once you have the coaching, go out and implement it and do your reps and listen to your portal. Sean Jones is one of our clients at seventh level. <coughs> I'm sure he won't mind me telling people he makes about a hundred grand a month. Right? It's like me saying, Oh no, don't tell everyone I have a giant dick. No, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> like I'm sure Shaq hates that, right? Yeah. Um, I hate it too, right? It's the worst. It's the worst. Um so but like I, I go to that guy, he logs into the portal nearly every day for thirty minutes. Right. Right, he's been making that money for a while. He's been a client of ours for about two and a half, three years. Um, we actually use his services at seventh level. He sold me into it. It's fucking beautiful, right? So, um, great guy, but still making great money doing his training. Mm-hmm. You know, he has Voxer, he has Inner Circle, gets his coaching, but logs in there thirty minutes, probably three times a week. Yeah, and just goes through his training regime. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's how that dude stays sharp. That's foundations. how he keeps going. He just keeps his foundations going. So yeah. it's not like he, he could basically not pay attention at this point during a sales call, and it's just automatic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's like elitism at its core is, you know, Bart, my mentor, has this way of explaining. He says that um, it, real experts work on the ABCs and that the beginners want to work on the XYZ. And he says, but what they don't realize is that the X, Y, Z doesn't exist without the ABC. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm like butchering his yeah, already well that's sniping, right? Sniping is just... Is it's foundation just, skills. It's just foundation. It's foundation skills. Navigation, and, uh, shooting, field craft, judging distances. Exactly. It's those four things yeah. done to like excessive levels. A- at nauseum so that they happen without yeah. like thought. Yeah. I always use the same example. I say, 
you you're the same. You do your AI, you do your basic infantry stuff, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to not do this anymore. And then you get Just to the unit, and you're like. Can't wait to be issued my jetpack and my yeah. fucking, my laser beam. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. horrified to find out it's just more of the basic infantry yeah. stuff until you can do it with your eyes shut and it doesn't. Like I think that's one of the things about like military training. You see like guys with their blindfold on doing the gun stuff, and you look at it and you go, "What a whack job!" Like, why the fuck would you do that? And you're yeah. like, "Yeah, but it's you're never going to do it with your eyes closed. But you do it at night, but <laughs> or you're going to be looking at the people who are trying to shoot you while you're fixing the problem yeah. over here. Like that's the point of it. The point is not yeah. to be able to do it with your blindfolded it's to be able to do it without looking because you will be very much looking somewhere else right like it and i think that foundation skills of anything i'm curious about though like one of the products that you sell here is sales training for other companies so you train other sales teams yeah yeah where's the blurry line there between training and coaching in that regard that's not it's actually a really difficult task to train other people's sales teams because like you don't know it's the sales team or if it's the marketing i think we've gone over that before Mm. But when you're training sales teams, the first thing you have to do is an audit. Like, you have to understand the lay of the land, who's who in the zoo, because, like, especially if you're bringing in a new methodology, it, you're going to get some serious resistance and pushback. Mm-hmm. So you have to create a plan of assimilation. Like, you have to sell them into it. Mm. And you can't just do it with a rah, rah, sis, boom, ba. Like, there's another sales trainer. I, I can't remember his Andy, something like that. He's a real, like, doing well. God bless him. Wears super tight pants. Seems to be very enthusiastic. <laughs> um, right? Like Those two things connected. I think so. I mean, he's very enthusiastic and that might have to do with how tight his pants are. Um, if I had pants that tight, I'd be jumping around. He jumps around a lot. But he seems like he's a very fired up dude. Okay. He's very much like, rah, like that sort of, I think more boiler room sales team. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what his method is, so I can't comment, but I've seen all of his stuff and it's very much like, rah, like Hot. that. Yeah. Now we just came in and redid the sales for a bank. Right? Uh, and they were very much appreciative that we didn't do that because they've done it before with other sales training companies and they've come in and gone like, we're going to teach you guys how to be fucking killers that make a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't do that because it, one, we don't, think like kind of act like that but we came in we're like hey guys so the point of us here is to do x y and z and really focus on giving your clients an amazing experience or your prospects an amazing experience so they can become customers and ultimately get them into something which is a benefit to them mm-hmm. it's like does everyone here feel like the product in which you're selling benefits your customers yes perfect then you have an obligation to be good at selling it mm-hmm. because and if you don't believe in it you guys should probably leave yeah. because like this is not going to work they were like, oh, this is different. And we're like, listen, there's a byproduct of that. Like, you guys will make more money. The business will make more money. But the importance is, like, more people get access to your quality products and services. Mm-hmm. Is everybody on board for that? Sweet. All right, perfect. This is how we're going to do it. And that was my talk. And I talked for 10 minutes, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the boys took over, and they did all their thing. And they had great feedback and all that kind of stuff. Um, so let me play devil's advocate, because you talk about how you don't, like, set the frame but you very much set the frame, but in a, a totally different way. Yeah, Like yeah. the frame is uh, not that sort of binary, this is how it's going to go or beat it, but it, it is more of a like, we are working together, we're in this, we're... Okay, but group and individual are very different. Okay. So like sales on a stage is the opposite of sales in person. Okay. They're extraordinarily different. Okay. Uh, so like when you sell from stage and I'm by no means the expert, 
you like Wild but you put this into because there was a group and you were like yeah so, so you like, put that into I the actually, stage I, I paid Eli a while ago to teach me the basics of selling from stage for those of you go to just I don't know say Eli Wild into your phone I'm sure it will come up but he was like one of Tony Robbins top dudes and he he's a, he's a true savant at like understanding group psychology okay and how um like uh, I remember at Funnel Hacking Live last year he would do it was actually I was like I always knew he was good at what he did and then I watched him break down each speaker, and I was like, "Oh, you really get this? Yeah, like you don't like he's uh, in the matrix. He's like not only do you know how to do it, but you know how to explain it and deconstruct it on a deep level. Okay, right? And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." And we actually paid him to train Jeremy uh, to do all of our stage pitching, mm-hmm. right? So like, dude's legit, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't come to us if you want to learn how to steal from stage. Go to Eli, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, uh, he has a great podcast. I think it's called uh, Sales is Influence. I, I think we can link it. I'm sure somewhere. Um, but anyway, so like I watched, would watch him deconstruct stuff. So like what he was explaining to me, like you basically us versus it's very us versus them. So you need to bring people in. They need to feel as a part of a thing, and you like edify people. Like, hey, I want to congratulate all of you for being here because you guys are the true, the proud. You, you've heard me do my spiel, right? Yeah, yeah. That was written by Eli. Right. The true, the proud. You guys, the committed, the one percent is the guys who are actually here taking the time out of your diary, uh, you know, time away from your family, your work to educate yourself. And I want to applaud you for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's all kinds of techniques. You go, oh, everyone's going to clap one. We're going to do three claps. One, two, three, clap. One, two, three, clap. You go, one, two, three, clap. One, two, three, clap. One, two, three. See why you didn't clap? The reason why you didn't clap. <laughs> or like, you sorry, you see why you clapped? Because you had anticipation and assumption of what we're here today. So what you do is you start to do all these things together which is like my initial spiel when we do our big things, it's all designed to us versus them. And so like in that three day challenge that me and Jeremy do, we have, I was fucking comically high close rates. Yeah. The worst one we've done is 20%, which from a virtual event is fucking unheard of. That's insanity. Most people are like happy with three. Right. We, we were pretty pissed off. We got 20 because the time before we got 30. Okay. Right. So, um, and, and like, so like my job in that is to other the people who aren't there and the people who aren't committed to bring the people who are committed together and unite us under a singular banner. And then my job is I am the emotion evocative, like, cause I can use my military background and all kinds of stuff to put frames in that. I use my 4,000 dot analogy. I use my story. I bring up my bank account and they watch it. Like all the comms come in each month. And like, I'm the guy who's been through it. I've done hard stuff. I can talk about times and death and fucking all this kind of stuff to like set all the emotional frames the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like other, the people who aren't there. And and then Jeremy provides like the hardcore training, mm. you know? And so it's like, oh, all these things together lead for a really good pitch. But stage shelling is like, it's quite foreign to me. I've gotten good at little parts of it, but like I would not feel confident to go up and pitch on a stage. Mm. I'd have to do some serious training because like it, it's almost, it's antithetical to how I sell. Mm. you know i could probably learn it because i like i have an aptitude for that um but it's so different but so to to group training from stage selling to group training you're setting that sort of frame at the start of like how it's going to go down but it's just it's probably just different from what people are expecting right like there still has to be some sort of rallying at the start right like as to what's going to happen and why not necessarily with the like, you know, today we're going to teach you this and by the end you're going to be this, but you still have to have some sort of rally as to yeah. like build well, them in a together. group, I don't need 100% of the people to say yes. Okay. In a one-on-one, I do. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like I have to be very careful in a one-on-one because I can't put anybody off. Whereas in a group, you, you, you're, there's a, a level of collateral damage that you're okay with, mm-hmm. you know? And again, like I'm not the expert on this. So it's like, we can bring Eli on and fucking talk about it for seven hours. You should for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had him on the podcast a long time ago. I think it's our most viewed podcast. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's just sort of thing because you're not looking to sell everyone, mm-hmm. you know? So we didn't sell 70% of people. Yeah. Or 80% of people. If I didn't sell 80% of the one person that's in front of me, that's not a, that's not a good outcome. Yeah. 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 You know? So it's just very, very different. But like when it comes back to coaching, it's like with, 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 with group coaching, like I think it's really valuable um, because like with one-on-one coaching, like especially in sales, you lack a certain level of dynamic, like dynamicism or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like speed. Yeah. You know, whereas if you have seven group calls a week, that you can log into and get some help and get some feedback. There's not much time that's going by a weird email from a client who's trying to pull out or an important sales call that you have in three days time. Whereas if it's one-on-one, like good luck getting on my diary in three days, mm. you can send me some Slack messages or something and I can probably answer you. But I need a lot of the time I need a lot of context and nuance. Like I don't like answering questions without kind of understanding Mm-hmm. You know, people all the time in my DMs, they send me like a, a text they got from a client. What would you say to this? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't even know what you sell, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what do you, <laughs> what do you, I, we have an inner circle client who's going through the fi- the seventh interview of a sales job, right? Seventh interview? It's a big, cushy, Okay, it's a, big, it's a good job. Okay. Right? Good luck, sir. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. And he goes, they're like, hey man, could you help him out? Because he's going through a seventh and he wants to. He wants to close the deal and get it. I was like, well, what kind of man is he? That was my first thing. I go, what kind of man is he? And like Sam, our accountability coach, goes, I asked him the same question. <laughs> because he said, you're going to ask Matt that? And he goes, well, what he would do is different. Yeah. I was like, I can tell you what I would do, but I don't know if he got the got the balls to carry it. Yeah. You know, he does. Okay. He, he does have the balls to carry it. Um, I spoke to him afterwards. He's he's got it, <laughs> but like how me and you would handle the situation is different than somebody else. Because I yeah. would just, all right, boys, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You want the sales guy who's just gonna fucking? I need to go think about it and check my partners. Or you want the killer who's gonna make this happen today? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because that's where we're at right now, fellas. I think seven is enough. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You want the guy or do you not? And then I would just start handling objections, and I wouldn't stop. I'd be like, you know, I really enjoy this. I do. You'd have to be carried out of the room. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I enjoy doing this. Yeah. And then, like, you might not get the yes on the day, but they're going to fucking hire you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want that guy? (laughs) Yeah. You know? So that was why I asked that question. But yeah. Training versus coaching. Um, Like, one of the things I I wanted to ask about in the group coaching was, like, do you personally find much value? Like, I mean, you're not doing it anymore. You're, You're delivering it. But when you were... What was your favorite part about being in a group of students? Like, wh- do you think there's much value in I've that? I've never done it. Really, you haven't? Mm. Oh, no way. Yeah. I thought that you had. So you've never done group classes as a student? Uh, my answer. Well, the problem is it wouldn't be a group class if I was in it. Okay. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a dominating personality. Okay. I've been called a bully before recently uh, i saw that yeah um and like you know it's funny james goes uh yeah of course he is like, <laughs> yeah i am that's i'm really point. nice i don't mean bully in a mean way but like all like if there's 150 people in a room you better believe i'm probably the one who talks the most yeah like I, like when we went to that thing yeah, yeah i asked every question 
Yeah. Because I got a question. Yes, I do. I do have a question because what you're saying is interesting to me. So I have a questions about it. Yeah. And I'm not shy about doing that. So when I'm in a group, and this is how group training works, which is why we have accountability coaches who are there to represent the the more introverted. Mm-hmm. Extroverted people get all the coaching. Yeah. So like we have mechanisms in place to stop that. Okay. Right? But if I'm in a group, like it's just me asking questions. That's interesting because I I think one of the the benefits of group coaching in anything is that you kind of find out where, like as a student in it, gives you a pretty good metric on where you fit. Yeah. Because I think that some people come into courses or whatever as like, oh, I'm killing it. I've done the material. Because by the time you're in the coaching, you've done the training, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm killing it. I've got all this info. And I think in some instances, you can be validated and you can see other people and go, oh, I've got a much better grasp of this than them. So therefore, I've you know taken on the training better or I came from a better starting point or you know whatever. But then I think very often you see people come in and they're like, oh, yeah. I have a lot of work to do. So we have a... We we have a process for that because it can be quite jarring when people go from 3.0 to inner circle. Right. Because the, the standard is very different. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. So, like, people go, then they graduate up or whatever. Like, they decide they graduate. They give us more money. Right. <laughs> um, like, the accountability coach sits down with them and goes, so just so you know, like, this is going to be different. Mm. Go, you're, you, because when they sort of move up, usually they're someone who's like, okay, like, they're getting beyond what is being taught in that realm, they're becoming the most experienced or most knowledgeable person in the group, which is not where you want to be, right? And so uh, then from there, they go up in your circle and we go, hey, listen, just so you know, you've gone from big fish, small pond, now you're tiny pond, now you're tiny fish, big pond. Mm -hmm. And then they have a special, uh, for my session, they have a special little caveat because my session is quite rough. I'm quite a mean sales coach, I would say. Um, Not mean as in like, I want the best for the person, but like, I don't, I don't f- have to coach a lot of people in a short period of time. So the feedback has to be quite pointed and very specific. And I think like uh, one thing that I learned from a great coach, which was Charles Poliquin was the use of verbose or um, like hyperbole mm-hmm. really gets the point across. Okay. Right. So especially when you're training people who are potentially a bit undercooked. Yeah. Right. So you use hyperbole knowing that only a percentage of it will actually be followed. Yeah, yeah. So like, for example, he used to tell people don't eat carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he didn't mean don't eat carbs. He meant just like stop eating bread, you moron. Yeah. yeah. Right. But like, unfortunately, some of those people who we know <laughs> didn't eat a carb for like two years. <laughs> a blueberry was a treat. <laughs> Got very unwell. <laughs> very unwell. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So like uh, I, I'm quite, um, I have quite colorful language when I speak to people. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's fucking stupid. You can't do it that way. Yeah. Right? And it's because I'm like, I just, I need them to know there and then, don't do it that way. Mm. But if I go, mm, listen, there's more optimal ways of doing this, they're not going to get it. Yeah. I go, that's fucking stupid. Don't do it that way for these reasons. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, okay. But like, we have a caveat at the beginning. This is the trust tree. Yeah. There's no judgment here. Yeah. There are some people who are really good, some people who are very new. I don't judge anybody. Like, I'm shit at certain things and I'm good at certain things. Like, that's just the way it is. I go, so no one is to make fun, snicker, nothing. If, like, none of you are as good as I am. So, like, if I, you know what I mean? I was like, that's where we draw the line. Okay. <laughs> and I just go, I will tell you exactly what needs to be done to fix, to make you more money. Everything that I say is in context of you wanting you to do better. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I don't have to say it in a nice way. Yeah. Because I don't feel like that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And I go, and if you don't like it, that's fine. This session just might not be for you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, mate. I think that that actually, 
is the best way to teach, but I think that it requires a certain personality type and which you have and I have and lots of most trainers have if they're successful at training. Yeah. But it requires the framing at the start. Yeah. And you have to set up to people. And like well, the, the line I always say is like, hey, I try really hard to be a nice person in a one-on-one conversation. I will be as polite. I will, I will put a lot of time, effort and energy into choosing the appropriate word that will make you feel comfortable. But when we are training, I don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, <laughs> and, and when I need something to happen now, I'm going to use the language that will make it happen now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you, you, you could do the same. I, I often then say, you know, and sometimes, as hard as I try to keep him in his box, sometimes that army drill sergeant comes out yeah. and I can't, I can't control him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it allows me to, to cut people to pieces in the moment and have them not get upset at me and, and know like, oh, okay, like this is, yeah. this is part of the training. And it is, it's, it's, a, it's an efficiency thing more than anything. Yeah. And also like, I, I think like, you know, going, like I've had a lot of difficult conversations with people like over the last couple of months, you mm-hmm. know, people who are underperforming or just not right for certain roles, uh, whether they agree with me or not. But that's how I approach that. And I go, listen, this is a conversation that is going to be unpleasant for the both of us. However, it needs to be done. It needs to be done quickly, knowing that, like, this is not a personal thing. This is what I think is in your and our personal best interest. Mm-hmm. I was like, because if you stay here, you're not going to make the money you want. Or, you know, this isn't the right environment for you or whatever. But, like, this just isn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. Then you go, this, 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 and this. Any questions, queries, or doubtful points? And so, like exactly so yeah. it's like okay cool everyone cool all right sweet if i see you in the street high five yeah like there's nothing personal um Griff, some people obviously take it personally yeah yeah of um, course you know it is what it is but i mean you can't you can't you can't win with everyone exactly. they'll find a different person that teaches them the exact same shit in a slightly different way and they'll say that they're better than you but it's just that yeah. they were ready for the message from that person exactly. it might it might not even be that they the way you taught it might be just that they're not ready to hear it at that point. They're yeah. not ready for that. That that happens all the time. You yeah. see that like really in, in all of the coaching industries that I observe is that sometimes in dog training, we call it the, um, what do they call it in the States? They call it the 50 mile rule. So like very often I'll be invited to go somewhere, like go to work for a police department and they'll have an embedded trainer, like a full-time professional that works for them. Who's often as good or better than me, right? And I'll say something and you see them like, oh, like you see the handler like, man, that's great. And they look at their in-person trainer and they're like, you hearing this shit? And the poor dude's always like, I fucking told you that yesterday. <laughs> it's Wasn't like, ready to hear it Yeah, you couldn't hear it. Or just the, use the different word or because you're from more than 50 miles away, you carry a different level of credibility. That, that, that's a lot of things too, right? Oh, dude. People always think that the, the other is better, right? Like there's, yeah. the answer's somewhere else. And well, that's, that's literally the only reason why I did that 100K a month fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like destroyed myself to make a hundred thousand bucks in a month a couple of times. So that you could say that so you So I did. could be like, hey, I've done this. Like yeah. I know how to do it. If, if I'm going to tell you how to do it, I'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. And a lot of time I go, if that's your goal, I'll put the caveat on this physically destroyed me. But if you want to do it, I'll teach you how. If you want to take that box also. Yeah. If you want to take that box, but also not many other people can take the box. So it's like yeah. me and Jeremy and Marco. That's about it. Yeah. You know, in terms of like our industry, um, like that particular industry, but there are other dudes in other industries that have done it. Yeah. But coaching specifically, it's just difficult because of the price tags and commission structures. And yeah. It's just physically difficult yeah. to do it. But if you're selling super yachts. Mate, if you're selling super yachts. <laughs> my, my personal trainer goes to me. He's actually listening. Good day, Connor. Um, he goes like, uh, why don't you just sell other stuff? I'm like, well, I mean, like if somebody wants me to sell jets, I'll sell jets, but it just hasn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm like, 
I'm all for it, man. Yeah. Somebody wants me to sell seventy million dollar jets and give me a five percent commission. I will sell the shit Snap out of some jets. But yeah. uh, they just they're, they don't people don't buy in that often. <laughs> True. All right, hey, let me put it in a box. Sales training. What's the dimensions of that box? <laughs> Take it started. Sales training is like the process. Here is how it goes, start to finish. Can be done very impersonally. Uh, you could, you know, if you're looking to get into it. If you're Googling sales training, what is it? Or difference between sales training and coaching and you found this podcast and you hear two dickheads waffle for an hour, the, what really is happening is that you can do sales training with no input from anyone else. You can follow a portal. You can just follow yep. the bouncing board. There's a process. You we go can even it. put. You know what we can do? We can put the NEPQ 101 link in here. Okay. Which is like a free portal that we put together, which is like, this is the basics. Go learn. See if you like it. Perfect. Yeah. So that'll be there. That's training. But coaching is dialing in coaching is test and adjust coaching yeah. is feedback from someone on how to improve incrementally bit by bit whereas yeah. training is the big chunk at the start exactly we did it right, cool you want an outro well that's it for another episode of coffee is for closers that's us uh give us a like give us a share give us a subscribe give us a comment we read them all and uh really the idea of the show is to bring information from the people that have it to the people that want it. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll do it. Anything. Literally. <laughs> See you guys, That's man. it. Goodbye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs>